On January 2nd of this year, in Ocala, Florida, just a couple hours from here, a newborn, a baby girl, was wrapped in a pink blanket, given a small bottle of milk, and then she was abandoned. Frankly, that's hard for me to comprehend. How could someone think a helpless baby was so much trouble or so unimportant or so dispensable that she could be abandoned? I wonder if we ever fear that God views us as too much trouble or not good enough or too unimportant or even dispensable. The gospel reading this morning is from the 13th chapter of Matthew's gospel, in which we read six different parables that we heard this Sunday and last Sunday. And frankly, on first blush, many of these parables can exacerbate this sort of anxiety, can lead us to think that God does view us as inadequate or dispensable or disappointing. Last Sunday, we heard the parable about the wheat and the weeds growing together, and I think, am I one of the weeds? Or Jesus preached a parable about a net that would catch many fish and both good and bad, and I think, am I among the bad fish, those that will be cast aside? And these parables go on and on, and they can make us more and more anxious. And then we get to two parables that we heard this this morning. The parable about a prospector searching for buried treasure in a field and a merchant finding a pearl of great value. And while these two parables may sound like they're making a similar point, if you pay close attention, you will notice a huge difference between these parables. First, we read that the kingdom of heaven is like a great treasure hidden in a field. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is something that we, that we should search after, that we should work to find. And then we read this pair, this other parable that goes with it, the parable of the pearls. Now, I want you to go back to your middle school grammar for a second, because I want you to pay close attention to the subject and the direct object of this parable. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Did you hear that at the beginning? The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. The unexpected twist in this parable is that the kingdom of heaven is not like a pearl. In other words, this parable isn't saying that the kingdom of heaven is something that we need to go find. The kingdom of heaven is like the merchant. The kingdom of heaven, God, in other words, is searching after you. You are the pearl of great value. You are the one who is being sought. Every Sunday, Preachers rail on and on about what we're called to do as Christians, how we're called to live, the actions we're called to take, to love and to pray and to serve and to forgive and to give away. And God calls us to work, that's true. God has a plan for your life. 
your life is intended to positively impact those around you. However, however, we are missing the point if we think that Christianity is fundamentally and primarily about what we are called to do and how we are called to act and what we are called to say. About 50 years ago, a conference was held in London on comparative religions. Experts from around the world were discussing whether there was one unique dimension of Christianity that set it apart from all the other world religions. This debate was going on and on for hours until C.S. Lewis finally walked into this room. What's the rumpus about, he asked. After he was told, he responded in a very characteristically direct manner. He said, what sets Christianity apart from other religions? That's easy. It's grace. It's grace. God's perfect, boundless, unlimited, unconstrained love is what makes our faith unique. That's what stands at the heart of what we believe as Christians. And that's what the parable we heard this morning is telling us. You and I are like the pearl of great value, and because of God's grace, God is relentlessly seeking after each of us. Just a few days ago on Thursday, we had the children from the cathedral school over here for chapel as we do each week. And I told them this parable about the pearl of great value, and then I told them that I had hidden 10 little pearls around this church. They were actually little stones, but the same thing to a four or five-year-old. And I told all the students that they could go search for these pearls. There was some chaos, moderately controlled, as they ran around in the pews searching for these little stones. They found the first nine, but they knew there was 10. So I asked them, if they wanted to stop and give up. And you can imagine what four and five-year-olds did. They shouted, no! And they kept searching until they finally found the tenth pearl. And that's the point. God won't stop searching for us. Even if we're the tenth pearl, God won't stop at 90%. God will leave the 99 to go after the one who is lost. The epistle we heard this morning echoes this same point, Paul's letter to the Romans. When Paul wrote this letter, there were, the churches in Rome were made up of both Jewish Christians and Gentiles or non-Jewish people who'd converted to Christianity. These were two very different groups of Christians. They at times worshipped in different places. They worshipped probably with different liturgies. And conflicts began to arise in these Roman churches. Who was closer to God? The Gentile Christians or the Jewish Christians? Doesn't this sound familiar? Who is closer to God? The Lutheran Christians or the Episcopal Christians or the Presbyterian Christians? In other words, these churches were fighting over the fact, over the question of how they could ensure that they were the wheat and not the weeds, 
How do we ensure we're earning our way into heaven? How do we prove ourselves worthy of God? How do we earn God's love? And Paul pointed out that all of these were the wrong questions. He wrote, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, our denominational identities and even our actions and our deeds matter far, far less than the strength of God's love. God's love is what sets our faith apart. God's grace is what defines Christianity. God is searching after us. God is calling out to us. God is calling us to God's kingdom. Now you may be wondering at this point, what's the practical ramification? What's the practical relevance of God's grace in your life? After all, I'm not really telling you what you're supposed to do this afternoon or tomorrow or this week or this month. But if we truly understood the power of God's love and God's grace, that would completely change how we live. That belief would fundamentally reshape all our actions. Just because our faith is defined by God's grace, that doesn't let us off the hook. That doesn't mean we have no responsibilities and no work that God has given us to do. In other words, Truly trusting in God's grace should have a very concrete impact on our lives. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it well. He said, God's grace is free, but it's not cheap. In other words, if we truly grasp the message of God's grace, our natural response is for our lives to become more Christ-like, for us to give away more, for us to serve more, for us to love more. Stated another way, if you truly rested in the assurance that you were a beloved child of God, what anxieties would that alleviate in your life? How would that liberate you to better serve others? Could you be more generous with others if you knew that God loved you and God was providing for you? Could you become less of a workaholic if you knew your identity wasn't found primarily in your job, but was found primarily in the fact that you are a beloved child of God? These are the claims of grace, after all. And so many of us struggle to accept this. The notion of God's love coming to us free of charge, with no strings attached, runs counter to everything else we experience in this world. But what Jesus told us in this parable and what Paul echoed in his letter to the Romans is that you are loved. Nothing can separate you from God's love. You are the pearl of great value. Karl Barth was a great theologian of the 20th century over the course of 35 years, he wrote a giant tome entitled Dogmatics, a 31-volume, 6-million-word series on the nature of God. Riveting reading, I promise. 
And at the very end of his treatise, he arrives at a four-word definition of God. Four words summing up six million words and 35 years of his life. God is the one who loves. The one who loves. We live in a world where almost everything is conditional or transactional or uncertain, but God's love is different. God's love is more stable than we can comprehend. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. God is searching for us relentlessly like a merchant searching for a pearl. On January 2nd at 2 a.m., a baby girl was placed in a safe haven box at fire station number one in Ocala. The alarm on this box went off, and when it woke the firefighter up, he assumed initially that it was a false alarm. But he opened this box, and there he saw this girl wrapped in a pink blanket with a small bottle of milk. He later said, when I picked her up, we locked eyes, and that was it. I've loved her ever since that moment. The firefighter took this newborn girl, and he rushed her to the hospital. And after getting her in to see the doctors, he immediately got on his cell phone. His first call was to his wife when he told her that he had found the baby that they were going to adopt. Two days later, this baby girl, who they named Zoe, was discharged from the hospital and went home with this firefighter and his wife. And then this April, they adopted her, legally making her their daughter. The firefighter later said, she made our family complete. It's like we had always been searching for her. It's like we'd always been searching for her. And that's what God does for us. God is the one who loves. He relentlessly pursues us. He searches for each one of you, for me, like a pearl of great value. He assures us that nothing can separate us from his love. And then he adopts us as his own children. God is relentlessly pursuing you. God loves you. God will never leave you. Amen.